This is Illinoisan Focus, powered by thecentersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll look ahead to next week's State Fair in Springfield and get commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb about President Donald Trump looking at possibly commuting impeached former Illinois Governor Rob Lagojevich's sentence, the indictment of a state senator, and much more. That's ahead with Illinois in Focus, powered by thecentersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Hi, this is Chris Krug, publisher of The Center Square. Our team produces the nationally read and recognized news stories at thecentersquare.com, the country's fastest-growing, nonprofit, nonpartisan, state-focused news and information site. We deliver essential Illinois news and information with a taxpayer sensibility through reporting that's easy to understand and easy to share with your friends and family. We know that you want to get a quick update on what's happening at the state capitol in Springfield and across the state. Our team writes short, impactful stories that help all Illinoisans understand what's going on in their home state. We know that you need information that allows you to understand what the governor and your local legislators are doing. Our team covers government and the activity of elected officials so you can make sense of how their activity affects you and your family and your future here in Illinois. We know Illinois because we live in Illinois. Get the news that you need to know at thecentersquare.com. That's thecentersquare.com. Thecentersquare.com. This is Illinois in Focus, powered by thecentersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Here are some of the top stories from the past week. Governor J.B. Pritzker says imprisoned former Governor Rob Blagojevich should serve his entire sentence. That's after news. President Donald Trump's considering commuting the rest of Blagojevich's 14-year sentence. He's been in prison since 2012. Several Illinois Republican U.S. congressmen said commuting the sentence would set a dangerous precedent and would go against the trust of voters. One of the Illinois state senators who voted to boot former Governor Rob Blagojevich from office says that he'd be okay with the president letting him out of prison early. Benjamin Yacht files this report. Mike Jacobs has a history with the former governor, who almost came to blows at the state house, and Jacobs was one of the senators who voted to remove Rob Blagojevich from office. So Jacobs says he's no fan of the governor, but he says he wouldn't have a problem if President Trump ended Blagojevich's 14-year prison sentence early. It seemed to me that he's paid his time. Uh, he's been in an awful long time. Um, I'm not nuts about President Trump uh, um, uh, pardoning him because I think that's really a state matter. Jacobs, however, says the president's wrong to say there's no reason that the former governor should be behind bars. The governor did what he did, and he deserved the sentence he's got. Uh, has, he, has he served long enough? Probably. You know, uh, should we give a person a break if we can? Of course we should. But, you know, the president uh, doesn't know what he's talking about. When he says that, you know, there wasn't good reason for uh, Rod Bogoyevich to find himself uh, moving from the governor's mansion to the jailhouse. Uh, there was a clear reason. Jacob says his only worry about releasing Blagojevich is that the former governor may try for a political comeback. I'm Benjamin Yacht. A state senator indicted on a charge of embezzling nearly a quarter million dollars from a labor union has been removed from heading the Senate Labor Committee. He'll now lead the Senate Veteran Affairs Committee. A private citizen who filed a complaint with the Inspector General says the whole thing stinks. Last week, State Senator Tom Cullerton was indicted for allegedly embezzling from the Teamsters Union. His attorneys say he's innocent. Senate President John Cullerton's office said Tom Cullerton has been reappointed from heading the Labor Committee to leading the Veteran Affairs Committee. Private citizen John Bambanek said he filed a complaint with the Legislative Inspector General against Cullerton regarding the indictment. 
He said he was floored at the reappointment. They could have stripped his committee chairmanship. That's that that happens all the time. They could have taken him off the committee. They didn't do that, but they they could have just stripped him of his committee chairmanship. Some basic step to say, hey, you know what, this is bad, and we're not going to have this guy act in a, a situation of leadership. Bambanek said selecting Cullerton as the chair of the Veteran Affairs Committee is a slap in the face of veterans. Their representation in the state Senate is being held by a guy under indictment because he just needed a job and needed to keep a stipend until the feds actually get a conviction and throw his, his, you know, his behind in federal prison. The Senate president's office said everyone deserves the presumption of innocence until proven guilty. Bambanek responded to that. Well, the presumption of innocence applies only in the criminal context. Right. He is presumed to be innocent of a crime. That doesn't mean his behavior is not shady. Bambanek said the LIG has received his complaints, but it's unclear when the Ethics Commission will take it up or even act on it. The state's leading policymakers are offering up suggestions on how to curb mass shootings in the aftermath of shootings in Texas and Ohio. Governor J.B. Pritzker said there needs to be a focus on addressing mental health, poverty, and substance abuse. As for restrictions on certain guns and gun parts... Federal legislation would be the most effective because, as you know, people can go across the border into Indiana, into Missouri, into Kentucky, where they have very little uh, limitation on people's ability to get high-capacity magazines or, or guns. Pritzker also said there needs to be universal background checks. Taylorville Republican U.S. Representative Rodney Davis responded. We already have a universal background check system in this country, and if the bill that the Democrats said would have solved this problem, if it would have passed in February, it would have done nothing to prevent El Paso and Dayton. But the red flag bill could have. Davis said the federal red flag bill he supports upholds due process while allowing teachers, doctors, or family members to report a person who could harm themselves or others. As for the cause of the violence, Pritzker put some of the blame, the recent mass shootings, on President Donald Trump. It is, of course, the, res- the, you know, the responsibility of those who committed the crimes, but uh, the atmosphere that's been created, I think, uh, invites these attacks. Davis said blaming the president is misplaced. You didn't see me blame Bernie Sanders when I had to run from a crazed gunman screaming health care while he fired at us for 10 minutes. Those blame games stop us from actually solving the problems. Davis also noted the shooter in Dayton was a supporter of Democratic presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren, but he said it would be wrong to put the blame on her. Both Pritzker and Davis said there needs to be a federal red flag law. Such laws allow family members or police to seek temporary removal of firearms from people that they fear could harm themselves or others. There still aren't any rules for public review for the Illinois Gun Dealer License Certification Act that went into effect last month. Without those rules, more than 1,200 federally licensed dealers aren't in business in Illinois. Governor J.B. Pritzker responded to whether gun dealers should be given more consideration. There's a great deal of consideration being given to them, and in fact, people are working hard on it. It's taking a little longer than expected. Illinois State Rifle Association Executive Director Richard Pearson said the lack of the rules after the law went into effect isn't giving dealers any consideration. He said without clear rules, dealers are in the dark. And all it says is adequate. There's no guidance on what adequate is. So they may spend $20,000 on a a security system and find out that it's not adequate. So there's no consideration been given to the the firearm dealers. And uh, so we'll be going to court and we'll let the court decide. Pearson said even if rules are published soon, 
there'd still be a 90-day comment period delaying it even further. Uh, the ones who haven't renewed their license have had to stop selling. So they were put out of business uh, by the state of Illinois. There's been 1,211 dealers that we know of put out of business, which are more than half in the state. And none of these dealers have ever done anything wrong, committed any violations, or they wouldn't be dealers. The Illinois Attorney General's office said its response to the Illinois State Rifle Association's lawsuit to block the law is due August 19th. After years of delays, the federal mandate for national ID standards for people to board a plane or enter federal buildings will be fully implemented in Illinois. In a little over a year, and the Secretary of State's office wants people to know that they have a choice. Secretary of State spokesman Henry Haupt said residents, they don't have to get a real ID after October 2020. If you have a valid passport or a passport card or other uh, documentation that TSA will accept after October 1 of 2020, then you, you don't necessarily have to apply for a real ID. You can keep your current driver's license. All the information you need about the real ID can be found at the website realid.ilsos.gov. Haupt does ask for patience. Applying for a real ID at the driver services facility takes longer because of the documentation required by the federal government. ACLU of Illinois Communications Director Ed Yanka is pleased Illinoisans have a choice, but in reality, he said people will want to fly or enter secure facilities. He said one of his chief concerns over real ID is data security because all states will put the information into a database. The fact is, is that a, a portal into any of those states might well uh, subject Illinois data um, to, uh, you know, to identity thieves and other malicious actors. Yanka has other concerns that what he says is effectively a national ID card that could lead to mass surveillance causing you to swipe it, for example, whenever you entered or exited any building uh, or when you made any purchase or anything of that nature, um, it really becomes a very sophisticated uh, surveillance device. University officials say Illinois lawmakers need to do something to address a loophole in custody law that allowed a number of well-off students to get tuition assistance but were tight-lipped about most of the details of the abuse. Cole Otterbach has more. University of Illinois officials had flagged a number of students whose parents had given up custody of their children in order to qualify for tuition assistance, getting up to $5,300 in aid that could have gone to those in need instead. Illinois lawmakers huddled in a committee Thursday to learn more from school officials about the loophole and what they could do to close it. Leading the hearing was State Representative LaShawn Ford, who says parents' actions are setting a bad example for their kids. Um, it's unfortunate that the parents are teaching their children how to cheat the system. Michelle Tramey, director of financial aid with the University of Illinois, says there were definitely students abusing a legal loophole, but school officials can't disclose much to lawmakers about it. You're saying that somebody can take out the $23,000 and figure out all the people we are concerned at this point that that's possible. Michelle Tramey, director of financial aid with the University of Illinois, says the students don't appear to have broken any laws in receiving financial aid. This practice appears to be legal, and we have no authority to adjust or deny these students MAP or federal aid. State Representative Dan Brady says there may still be a place the students or parents could be punished for misrepresenting themselves during the legal process of giving up their children. But isn't the, the bigger question here, uh, those families that are committing perjury to the courts when they give false information. Lawmakers say they want to subpoena some of the parents to appear before them, but school officials wouldn't provide any details about the students for fear of breaking privacy laws. I'm Cole Lauterbach. An Illinois politics blogger who gets tens of thousands of dollars from state agencies won't say if his post about Confederate Railroad and subsequent texts to the governor's staff 
had anything to do with the abrupt cancellation of the band's performance at the DeCoin State Fair later this month. Rich Miller writes the Capital Facts blog. The communications obtained by the Center Square from the governor's office show on June 17th, the same day Miller posted a blog questioning the band's scheduled performance. Miller sent a text to the governor's deputy press secretary asking why the band is playing and, LOL, is the governor going? The band was canceled days later. John Homan, an editor for Newspaper and DeCoin, emailed Miller July 8th and said it seems Pritzker's administration was, quote, swayed by Miller's post. Miller downplayed that, but then forwarded the email thread to the governor's staff with the message FYI and LOL. The message was obtained through Illinois Radio Network's Freedom of Information Act request. Homan responded to Miller sharing the private communication with the governor's staff. Mr. Miller has the right to say what he wants, um, and I may not have chosen that route, but that's uh, his decision. I'll just let it go at that. Miller didn't directly respond to messages seeking comment. In just over two years, Miller has received more than $72,000 from taxpayers because multiple state agencies subscribe to his newsletter. Those are the top stories of the past week from Illinois. Find more online at thecentersquare.com. Coming up, for Illinois in Focus, commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb. This is Illinois in Focus, powered by thecentersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. everyone, and welcome back to Illinois in Focus Crosstalk segment, powered by the Center Square, Illinois. I'm Chris Krug, publisher of the Center Square, joined today by executive editor Dan McCaleb. Danny, how are you? Doing great, Chris. How about you? I'm doing, I'm doing well. You know, we, we complained all winter long about how miserably cold it was, about how wet it was in the spring, and then snowy again, and then cold again, and then windy. And now it's sunny, and there's like no rain, and I'm not going to complain about it. I'm having a terrific last blast of summer week, and enjoying every minute of it. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to hear me complaining about it either, and it's hard when you when you say last blast of summer week, kids going back to school already. Doesn't seem like it's time for it yet. Fire it up. Get them out. Let's go learn something. You know, I'm, I got my September tax coupon ready to send. Uh, so I'm acutely aware of what it's going to cost me to put my kids into uh, back into school. Plus, I get my fees that I get to pay. Well, maybe we'll talk about that at another time. But some beautiful local fees that I get to pay in addition to my local property tax to get my kids registered for school. No shortage of things to chat about. So I wanted to start with a, a, a blast from the past. The man with the great hair who's, uh, can I say, Effin Golden. Can I get away with saying that, Producer John? I'm going to try. He's got something that's effing golden, and he's not going to effing just give it away. It's former Governor Rod Blagojevich on Trump's radar, potentially being granted clemency. Dan, what is going on with this? Why do we need Rod Blagojevich to come back from from federal prison? Well, I I don't know that... I, I'm going to answer that question that we need him to come back, but uh, President Trump is certainly uh, uh, considering it. And, and in fact, um, it sounds like it's more than it's considering it. It sounds like he's made up his mind and he's decided that he is going to commute the 14-year prison sentence of the f- disgraced former Illinois governor. He told reporters uh, late Wednesday night uh, on Air Force One after a, a visit to El Paso um, 
to visit with uh, with family members of the uh, the tragic mass shooting there. Essentially, it reiterated what he said last year, but now it's it just said it more strongly um, that he believes uh, Blagojevich was treated uh, unfairly by federal prosecutors. Of course, the same the same group um, that he's been criticizing since uh, his presidency started, um, including the, the special counsel who just concluded his investigation uh, of, of, of the Trump White House. And um, uh, the New York Times also reported that it's, uh, it's, it's likely to happen soon. So we'll have to see how it plays out. Blagojevich has been in jail, has served about seven years so far of his 14-year uh, prison sentence on corruption charges. Uh, related to, as you mentioned, the bleeping golden uh, U.S. Senate seat that uh, he was uh, he was able to fill, but thanks to the election of uh, Barack Obama. Mm. So here's a question for you: You are Rod Blagojevich. You are Rod Blagojevich's guidance counselor. With him coming out of prison, what direction do you point? Rod Blagojevich in for future endeavors. <laughs> well, I could tell you what I'd advise him, and I'm sure he'd go the he's going to go the opposite direction. I'd advise him to stay out of the public limelight, avoid cameras, avoid any kind of a job or any kind of an engagement where you're going to be on national TV because national TV, uh, Chicago uh, media, they're going to want every bit of Rod Blagojevich out of prison. He should uh, hole up somewhere and, and, and just keep things quiet. But that's not Rod Blagojevich. Uh, he's going to make it, it, it. He's going to take every opportunity to to get in front of cameras and do his thing. Well, you didn't ask, but I'm going to offer my thought. <laughs> I, you know, I think he'd be fantastic on cable television. I mean, on certainly on, on a on a, a national network show to 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 analyze state government. I just think he'd be, he would have a really good touch for that. The inner workings, how to get things done, how, what people are doing right, what, what, what people are doing wrong. He could be like the John Gruden of, you know, who's now gone back to coaching. I mean, which I think is a mistake, but he could be like the John Gruden of uh, CNN or MSNBC or something else that probably leans left, but something that some program that delves into state level stuff he'd be a master you know it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that were to happen but it would give me one more reason not to watch cnn or msnbc as if you needed one uh i got a question for you um next subject talk to me about um about tom cullerton and just to be clear you know there's there there are there are cullertons all over the state of illinois i'm not re referencing john cullerton i'm speaking of Senator Tom Cullerton, uh, who was indicted by the feds for embezzling money from a labor organization. And it's a weird story, man. I mean, get me into this. This is Tom Cullerton from Villa Park, them from Villa Park up uh, in the Chicago Burbs. And the other John Cullerton you, you referenced, of course, is Senate president. Correct. The, the Tom Cullerton um, uh, that we're talking about today, he was, uh, he was indicted uh, last week. Um, allegedly uh, embezzled $250,000 from a labor union. Conveniently, he had been chairman of the state Senate's labor committee, um, but after the new charges uh, 
Senate President John Carlton um, removed him from that post, but did give him a, another chairmanship of the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee. Of course, uh, lawmakers get extra stipends, extra pay when they're appointed chairs of committees. But this is just another in what's been an incredible amount of new news about corruption within state uh, government. Of course, the indictment of Tom Cullerton comes after news of several uh, FBI raids of folks close to Mike Madigan, so uh, House Speaker Mike Madigan. So we, almost every week goes by, you're wondering what's going to drop next. What is going to drop next? Do you, do you have any idea? I wish I knew. It, it just speaks to just the longstanding tradition of of corruption in this state it's 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 sad but remarkable yeah i mean and, and but but there's hardly any of it so when when it happens i mean everybody stops what they're doing to pay attention to it no i'm just kidding it happens here all the time so I mean, it's like wait a second somebody in the in uh you know on the uh on chicago uh city city a uh, city alderman from chicago got indicted yeah okay yeah I, that sounds believable that's uh, nice how many? You know, it's like we're for what? And 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 now we've got you know now we've got Tom Cullerton who's been in, who's been indicted. Uh, of course, you know the, the feds have to make their case. Simply being indicted, is, you know, is is just part of the process. Um, it's it's important. It's important to say here too, though he does through his attorney he does deny the charges. Yes. Um, he, he blames a, a former union boss. Uh, who also uh, was 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 who actually pleaded guilty uh, last month uh, to, to corruption related uh, uh, charges? Uh, he blames him and said he's lying. So um, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I look forward to I look forward to seeing that on the financials, as we like to say. Um, so uh, our question here, um, uh, Brett Roland is not our question so much. This is a statement. Brett Rowland, the regional editor who oversees uh, the day-to-day -day news coverage uh, in Illinois for the Center Square, fine young journalist. So there's this task force, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've never heard this one before because, you know, that's how things get done is, you know, you, you, you stand up in front of a room and say, oh, I understand that there's a problem out here. Uh, we'll put a task force on it and we'll get, we'll come back with some solutions. Well, the idea of solving property taxes uh, with the task force uh, is pretty laughable. Um, I don't feel like this is going to happen at all. What was Brett's take? Uh, get me up to speed and let's let Illinois know what's going on here. Sure. Uh, Brett took a more optimistic tone than you or I would have on this. Um, he, he, he essentially um, made some recommendations to the committee, which hasn't met yet. They have a, a goal of by the end of the year coming up with recommendations to how to lower Illinois' outrageously burdensome um, property tax situation. Uh, so, so, so Brett offered some skepticism, but decided to go the other route and, and mostly um, offered the recommendations. And, and among them, you and I both know, Illinois has almost 7,000 units uh, of government which is far and away the most in the country, even though Illinois is only the sixth largest state uh, in the country from a population standpoint. Florida, for example, um, which has uh, 21.3 million residents compared to Illinois' 12.7 million, almost double in size, has just 1,700 units of government. Mm. So, Brett, so Brett's take was, what would happen if we had um, 
the number of same number of governments that Florida had. You think that would uh, reduce one expenses and then therefore property taxes? So it's it's a it's a good read. Check it out at the the centersquare.com slash Illinois. Um, and uh, uh, feel free to weigh in. I appreciate that. Sounds like Brett was pretty reasonable with this. I look forward to catching up and reading that. Um, my point of view on that is most likely completely unreasonable. And that <laughs> well, you just mentioned you, you, you're, you're, you, you've got to pay your, uh, your latest installment, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm going to riff on that later, but, but I got my, I got my tax bill, right. Which is due, you know, I mean, I've had my tax bill, you know, which is itemized and uh, it's due on, I think September 3rd, you know, I live in McHenry County, uh, which is a terrific place to live. Uh, as long as you're, I guess, you know, have deep pockets or, you know, you're married to like an ATM machine or something like that, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the portion of my taxes that goes go to schools is high. Uh, my kids use the schools. So I really don't have that big of a, a gripe with, you know, paying the, the tax that goes along with it. I don't know that they use every dollar as well as they can, but I would have that complaint about virtually anybody in government because, frankly, the track record is they don't use money. Uh, they don't spend money like you and I would at our homes or you and I would in our businesses. Um, but I have to pay fees to send my kids back to school. And it's, it's a flat fee that would be laid across everybody's, um, everybody in the district whose children attend. And I have two of them because I have two children that are in that district. And it's combined, it's over $400. So in addition to the taxes that I'm paying, I also have to pay fees of $400 just so the kids can enroll. And I got to tell you, I'm not really psyched about that because I would like to take that $400 and do anything other than give it back to the school. Anything other than that with it. I hear you. I, I just paid my daughter's uh, uh, school fee um, just so she can start school next week. And I wasn't happy about it either. It was more than more than $200. I mean, as you said, that's on top of the uh, uh, the property taxes we already pay to the schools. I did hear there's a new trend, though, that you might want to check out to help uh, reduce uh, your property taxes. Have you heard of tiny houses? <laughs> I, I can hardly fit in my regular size house. I, I don't know what fitting into a tiny house would be like, but I, I don't think that I would necessarily want, want to do that. Maybe I could get, I don't know, would it be possible to get like 10 or so of them and kind of just tin can them together i don't know what's that, that's going to do to your property tax bill yeah probably not help it um well this conversation has been exhausting dan i'm not gonna lie <laughs> covered a lot of ground uh bad 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 politics uh bad people in politics uh indictments and the falsehood of a potential property tax relief uh approached by uh, some task force that we're never going to hear from again. Um, I think uh, I think it's time to maybe just head back down to the basement and shut the outside world off for a while. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> for Dan McHale, this has been Chris Krug. You've been listening to Illinois in Focus, the crosstalk segment. I promise we'll be better next week. Now over to Greg Bishop for a look at what we're going to be working on with the Center Square Illinois this week. Next week, the Illinois State Fair in Springfield, where the state's agricultural industry is going to be on full display. 
It's going to be in full swing. With the theme of building our future, there will also be a focus on infrastructure. Amid other themed days, including Ag Day, where workshops and policy discussions are expected, there will also be plenty of politics. Come Wednesday, the state's Democratic Party will celebrate Governor's Day, where they'll have a special visitor from U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Thursday, Republicans have Republican Day, which will include U.S. House Minority Whip Steve Scalise for events on the fairgrounds. The Center Square will be on the ground to bring you all the latest. This has been Illinois in Focus. Find more Illinois stories and commentary online. Visit thecentersquare.com. For the Center Square, Illinois, I'm Greg Bishop.